Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of The Dairy Edge. Chagas are running a weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also being made available as a podcast. On this week's webinar, Stuart Childs gives advice on options to ensure cows are in correct body condition score ahead of breeding. Okay, so good morning, everyone, and welcome to this Thursday's Let's Talk Dairy. As I said, I'm going to try and keep these as brief as I can at the moment because I'm conscious that people are busy and it's great that you're still able to tune in, uh, in uh, given the time of year and so forth. So I suppose it's good in that sense. Um, I'm going to cover something today that probably probably don't tend to put a lot of emphasis on at this stage of the year uh, in general in the normal course of events. So I think it's worth uh, taking advantage of the opportunity to do it uh, today. And that's body condition score management in the springtime. Now, we will talk about it generally uh, quite commonly around the breeding season in particular, and we already did cover it in terms of cows being dried off and so forth with John Paul Morfield, farm manager in Moore Park, and John McCabe a couple of, uh, about two, three months ago now at this stage, uh, from the farm in Moore Park at the time. And uh, the, the situation is, I suppose, like the body condition management is an ongoing thing throughout the year. And um, the... Way we do it is when, or it's important when it's done. So when is it done? It should ideally be done in or around kind of from now on through to the breeding season. And I'm, I suppose the reason I'm talking about it today is I think that there, there is quite clearly very low level of grazing done um, in a lot of cases across the country um, for because of the weather conditions that have been there for February. In we talk a lot about quality silage, but in reality, the quality of silage that's available for milking cows come the springtime because of logistics within yards can be not as, not exactly where we want it to be. And maybe cows might be under a little bit of pressure and especially cows that have had uh, incidences or upsets. And like Joe would have spoken about it there in the last couple of weeks as well in terms of feed space. And some people are under pressure in terms of feed space and that puts freshly calved cows under pressure as well. So it's probably timely uh, given that we're nearly at the 1st of March and come the 1st of April, we're going to be talking about uh, looking at cows and making sure that they're fit for breeding and so forth. So we're just going to talk about it very briefly today in relation to what you can do maybe early on. I think the sooner the better really in terms of trying to correct any issues around body condition score. So you could have a situation of cows that have calved down with um, calved down in the lower body condition score than you would have intended or you have cows that have calved down in a high body condition score which is quite common actually, um, and has given rise to a share of milk fever problems maybe as well as IK silage and so forth. So um, as a result of that, the body condition loss can be a, a little bit extreme in some cases and uh, reactions have or actions have to be taken in order to correct that. So I'm just going to share a couple of slides here with you. So just to bring you back to a kind of first principles in relation to body condition score, Obviously, our objective is to calve cows down in that 3 to 3.25 window. There will be a proportion of the herd going to be at pushing towards the 3.5, depending on when they're dried off, depending on cow type, those kind of things. Ideally, they want to be at 3.25. Um, and if we go back to our, our tree at the very minimum, if we go back maybe 20 odd years, probably at this stage, Frank Buckley did an extensive amount of work in relation to body condition score and its impact on subsequent herd fertility. And Frank's work would show that there, if we can minimize the loss of condition or the loss of weight to less than half a condition score, then the chances of cows going in calf are dramatically improved as a result of not having lost excess body weight. The unfortunate situation is, of course, that we have 
this kind of a scenario in relation to how cows respond when they calve. So cows calve, their peak milk comes well before their peak intake, and as a result, they can lose a lot of condition. Now, EBI has been very, very successful in terms of helping us to breed cows that still milk. I must emphasize that these cows can still milk, but they're just inclined to be more uh, in better to hold their condition than the cows that were under the old RBI system would say, which would have been cows that would have been around when this graph was done in 1983. Um, but this graph still stands to holds true currently. And you can, when you look here, you see the cows will be hitting maybe 30 to 35 liters potentially. And their feed intake is running a couple of weeks behind. So their peak in, in lactation is coming at the four to six week period. So in some cases, there are cows just on the, on the cusp of hitting their peak. And obviously those that will have calved slightly later are going to be at the point of hitting it maybe early, mid-March. Mid, mid then those calving around now are going to be starting to hit into it at the start of April, uh, mid-April. Mid but our dry matter intake then is uh, not peaking until nine to 11 weeks into the, into the calving, calved period or post-calving period. So as a result, we have to try and just be careful. I suppose there's some cows naturally programmed um, to produce more milk and they are going to milk off their back. And as I said, EBI has kind of mitigated against that to a certain extent. So it's probably not as uh, wholesale as it would have been in the past. So I suppose what I'm really focusing on here maybe are cows that for one reason or another, as I said already, be it feed space maybe, or uh, something going wrong. So a milk fever, case of milk fever or maybe a lameness incidence or something like that, that has impacted on their intake further than their intake is already reduced during the that early post-calving period, just because they can't take enough in. So I suppose just to put it into context, your freshly calved cow has an ability to take in 10 kilos of dry matter, and that increases by about a kilo a week uh, or thereabouts for the next six to eight weeks up to maximum of your kind of your 18, 19 kilos. Your heifer then on the other hand, first calver, is back at eight kilos and then trying to increase at about a half a kilo a week up to kind of a maximum of kind of 15 to 16. So they wouldn't have the same intake potential as the um, milking cow anyway. But they're, they're running a little bit slower as well. And then there's also issues if they are, if your tight and feed space heifers are probably going to be the ones that are going to suffer because they're going to lose out in the pecking order within the herd. So what we're trying to do is still have a good milk um, production profile without impacting on our energy status too, too much, which compromises our breeding performance subsequently. So as I said, Frank's uh, research would have shown quite significantly the impact of managing body condition score and EBI has helped uh, us as farmers in Ireland to mitigate against a, a share of that issue that what would have been there when Frank would have done his studies originally because the cows that Frank would have been looking at were very much programmed to produce milk in terms of uh, volume of liters, um, which is predominantly water-based rather than solids-based, which the cows that we are dealing with now currently are more inclined to produce. So the feed energy intake is less than the energy output for milk production, and that results in negative energy balance. How long that lasts or how long it persists is going to be important in terms of the, uh, the effect that it's going to have subsequently in terms of reproductive performance. And if we can minimize that by feeding cows well um, and making sure that they're managed well, we're going to have a successful enough breeding period as a result of it. And uh, now that would tie in, I suppose, a small bit then as well, just to 
come back to what Donald Patton would have said a couple, two weeks ago, I think it was, Donald was on with us, um, just to, in relation to not having to be feeding silage in that April period as we're moving out into this 90 to 100 day, just kind of a gun past the peak, but wanting to drive on in terms of, of um, energy reserves within the body and the rising plane and nutrition that Dorian Carden talks about always. And um, the important thing here is that we can try and manage to have high quality forage in front of cows and the best quality forage that we can manage to have there is going to be uh, grazed grass, ideally. Um, even with the best quality silage, you're going to struggle to produce the energy required along with the best quality of ration that you can feed compared to a, a grass and ration situation. So if there is silage to win again, now hopefully we'll get going and grazing with a nice morning here in Cork today compared to what we've had all along and there's a settled spill in the forecast. So hopefully we'll be able to get back grazing. And John Douglas from the Grass 10 team is going to be talking to us next week, maybe or the week after in relation to grass management now and how it's changed as a result of the wet start to the year. For a lot of people, um, very there won't be a huge proportion of people have hit the target of 30% graze for the end of February, given the February that we've had, particularly in the southwest region of the country anyway. Um, so we're trying to minimize that energy loss um, or that body condition score loss and to have them primed for breeding. So what are the options that we have? As I said, we're talking about looking at the cows that have had maybe issues or maybe cows that calved down slightly less uh, than optimal body condition score, so less than the tree body condition score. So what are there are probably two there's there are only two options in reality people that will people will consider first one is the one that people think first uh, is generally to feed more to those cows uh, does that work generally I would suggest that it won't because just the programming of the cow is that if you feed them more the chances are that they're going to try and produce more milk as opposed to put the condition on their on their body at this stage of their lactation just the, the nature of the biology of how it works when a cow calves they just start to put their fat reserves into milk production and feeding more just tends to drive on further production which can actually exacerbate the situation that you're in uh, and the other thing is it's tricky in a lot of cases now a lot of herd should be on five or six kilos meal at the moment with um, full-time silage maybe in some cases and it's hard to feed anything much more than that without coming in at a, with a, an additional feed later on and that becomes very complex then to actually deliver at ground level in terms of the practicalities of feeding maybe a handful of cows within a group of cows extra feeding and um, to do that without upsetting them from uh, making them an acid loading in their stomach that's going to cause problems for them and further exacerbate the situation. So in reality we're talking about having a quick look through the cows over the next couple of days picking out the ones that haven't fared well so maybe as I said cows that have had uh, body condition score or sorry um, milk fever issues and have reduced intake as a result of it uh, also maybe any cow that has retained a clearing that may be associated with a calcium problem as Joe would have outlined a couple of days weeks ago but it may also just be something to do with a mineral issue general minerals and cows may have an infection and that's going to impact on them if they have a temperature their intake is going to be impacted if they got pneumonia their impact is there's going to be an impact on intake as well so they're going to be in poorer condition. So the solution for those cows is without doubt once a day. Um, and I suppose at the moment, I would say that if people are indoors by night and are going to be continuing to be indoors for a period of time by night, time to milk those cows, Don would recommend strongly, is in the evening milking. So they're not carrying heavy bags of milk on cubicles overnight. And milk them in the morning then. 
and uh, or sorry if they're in full time that's when they should be milked is at night time if they're out by day obviously they're okay to carry the milk during the the day because they're going to be in a clean environment so they should be milked in, to make sure that they're not on cubicles at night uh, carrying high levels of milk that's going to be leaking on the cubicles and obviously putting them at risk of mastitis is there a benefit in this without doubt uh, you're going to see an improvement of uh, body condition when you go to once a day. It's the equivalent of feeding in, in or around the region of two kilos extra feed to them. It improves their body condition dramatically in a short enough space of time, and it also actually helps them to recover, assuming that everything else is right. So, uh, as I said, if you had a cow with a retained clearing, and um, if that infection hasn't been dealt with or the cow hasn't been dealt with properly there, once a day isn't going to necessarily solve that problem. Uh, but if ever, all things being equal, um, once a day is going to actually probably bring forward the return to cyclicity in a in a cow at any stage of lactation. So we would generally talk about this quite a lot in relation to late calving cows and how you can short cycle them, I suppose, in one sense by doing um, once a day later on in, uh, later in the season. But uh, you can do it right now as well, as I said, with, the, with those couple of cows, there's probably a handful of them in every herd at this stage because there's it, i don't know of any herd that probably doesn't have some issues during the spring in terms of calving so hard calvings can also impact on cows as well is there a benefit as i said already from a financial point of view uh it's it's hard to put a figure on it but uh, i would say probably that we're looking at somewhere in the region of maybe a cost a, 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 a last production of potentially somewhere between 50 and 70 euros on the milk that you're not going to put into the tank because this cow is being milked once a day However, the, the real benefit is probably in the saving of a replacement cost subsequently if these cows don't go into calf or you'll definitely spend the 50 to 70 euro on trying to get this cow in calf subsequently if you're um, going to uh, try to get her in calf and she is in poor condition. So you're kind of pushing uh, a, a fairly heavy load up against the hill basically in terms of trying to get a cow in calf in the, once you hit the breeding period, um, if they're in poor condition. So there's just the, that's kind of pretty much the summary of it. There's two questions in, and I'd encourage you to put in a few extra questions if you want to, because it'll be wrapping up quickly enough now. Um, so Sean McCardle, is it a good idea to put heifers on once a day, a standard after calving, and how long should they be kept on once a day? Um, I suppose, Sean, in a lot of cases, um, people are probably, there's a lot more people or more and more every year seem to be moving to once a day anyway in the month of February to deal with workload. And the general consensus would be that four to six weeks, and I probably would think that four weeks is probably the optimal um, for the entire herd. Uh, that means that you don't have a lot of cows on once a day for a very long period of time. And the other thing that I've seen in, in the case where I have, um, We've looked at it in detail with one client where he had access to labor and didn't take the option of the labor and actually went once a day, was on once a day for quite a long period of time. And it actually impacted on the overall production rather significantly, I suppose. So the, um, the situation there would be that I would say four weeks is probably the maximum. As a standard to go once a day with heifers, I don't necessarily think it's, it's uh, justified unless there's some underlying issue with silage quality or something like that that you you just have to but as a standard i wouldn't say that uh, heifers have to go once a day as long as they have plenty of ad adequate feed space and like joe says have a bit of comfort in the post calving period and get kind of assimilated into the whole um, milk production profile scenario 
uh, quite comfortably. They should be okay and they'll survive perfectly well within the, within the system. You shouldn't see a high drop off in, in heifers as a result of um, being milked twice a day. They don't have that major production drive, obviously. A lot of people will often say that it's the third calvers where they really start to drive on milk and even second calvers are beginning to really produce high volumes now as well um, in their second lactation, that they probably are the ones that can be a bit more difficult to get back in calf rather than the first calvers. And then um, the next question is how much concentrate should you feed to a cow in early lactation, say 30 litres in good body condition on good silage? Um, don't think five to six kilos is enough as she will lose condition. Yeah, um, yeah, I suppose there's probably an argument for that you can go to seven kilos there, but the, the real problem with going in excess of that is that the, you're getting to a very significant loading of, of acid in a cow stomach in a short space of time. So the situation would be there that you could feed five to six kilos through the parlor but if you're going with additional feed it probably has to be fed on the silage as a separate feed and also uh, or maybe as a midday feed and the consequences of that are kind of that they, it can be tricky to be done in some cases in terms of the last condition um i think actually in hindsight now in following on from what i said there is work done by mary mcavoy and uh, a couple of years ago um, that would show that very hot, did very good production in trials in Moorpark where they were feeding five to six kilos and it didn't actually impact them. There was, there will be natural loss uh, of condition anyway in spite of, of feeding um, and but it's trying to minimize that loss. So Mary's trial would have shown that uh, cows produced fair, similar quantities to what, uh, to that 30 liters that you're talking about there and actually didn't only last about 20 kilos being fed five to six kilos. Of, of ration with grass only. Now the silage situation, I suppose, yeah, it does complicate it, but I think I would like to think that we're beginning to turn the corner in terms of um, getting out to grass, hopefully that the weather is going to settle down for the month of March and that we'll be able to move on from there. And I wouldn't like to generally be feeding much more than five to six kilos with grass in the diet as well, even if there is silage in the diet at that stage. Um, and the same person's asking cows haven't been out to grass yet this year, should you be worried? I wouldn't think so. As long as they've had that 70 DMD silage and a good good level of ration being fed to them there all along, they should be in good order. Cows are milking well as far as I can gather from people talking people. And uh, they're, just going to be, they're just going to begin to drive on from there. Um, so sorry about that. No. Um, so I, I wouldn't be worried about them from that point of view. I think they should be okay. So would you keep problem cows on once a day until they show signs of heat? Um, I think you probably would. Uh, at this stage of, of the lactation, I think that's probably the, the objective is to just make sure that they, they show, they do actually show heat. And later on in the lactation, and George and I have been talking about this and maybe Stephen Butler and Stephen Moore might come in at some stage and talk to us about it as well. I, I actually feel that um, once a day, for cow, late calving cows should actually be practiced beyond when they show heat, they should be served and possibly kept on once a day until they actually go beyond their three weeks for the first serve in order to hold the, the conception. I think the, the idea that you'll carry them to the point of being served and then switch them back to twice a day doesn't work in my head in terms of what you've been trying to achieve. So if you've been on once a day to get them cycling, obviously you want them to, to breed or to, to you've, you've done that because you want to retain them in the herd. 
And if you don't, uh, you don't go that extra step, I think in terms of leaving them on that lower plane of demand in terms of milk production until they actually show that they have don't show again, basically, so they don't return. And um, I think you're probably again wasting your time almost to a certain extent. But I would say from the point of view of going on once a day right now that there would be, if, if cow shows heat then within the next couple of weeks and she, condition has corrected, that they're probably okay to go back twice a day at that stage because the time frame is just greater. Whereas with those late calving cows, you don't have the time to play with. So then uh, another question in, Matthew Walsh, would you recommend putting late calvers on once a day to improve chances of getting back? And so I've addressed that there as well. So yes, definitely. I strongly recommend that any cow that you want to retain in your herd, put them on once a day. And my thinking, as I said, we'll have to discuss it with Stephen Moore and Stephen Butler to see their thoughts, is that they should be kept on it until they are actually more or less, I won't say confirmed in calf, but um, the fact that they haven't repeated, it would take it and it will make the assumption that they are actually in calf at that stage and then they can go back on. So if cows on 30 litres need up to 9 kgs, will rumen buffs and yeast not combat the dangers of acidosis? So yeasts won't have much to do for you in terms of combating acidosis. Uh, the rumen buffers can uh, play a role. Um, nine kilos is a fairly heavy feeding rate, I suppose. Uh, the one thing I caution about there, I suppose, is when you look at, and Joe would have done work on it in relation to um, the, the Johnstown herd in the past, is that not every cow in the herd is going to be doing 30 litres uh, necessarily. So... Um, maybe feeding those cows that are producing potentially but again it's complicated unless you have a system to do it rumen buffers definitely will I suppose the advantage that they have over the likes of the sodium bicarbonate is that they go in at a lower rate so that they're not maybe taking up as much room in a concentrate and allow for uh, good quality feed ingredients to go in as well um, which can keep up the energy density of that ration but I would say that the objective would be to feed the cow as well as possible um, the nine kilos, I suppose it's, if it's short-lived, it's probably not the end of the world. I, I generally don't get uh, too excited about concentrate feeding when cows are being in on silage. I think where the, the problem is, is if you're, are you going to stay on the nine kilos as soon as you go to grass or how do you transition them back? Because you have to bear in mind that grass is quite a, a lush um, enough kind of product uh, and that could in increase acidosis risk as well, I suppose, if you're feeding at very high levels. The other thing is 9 kgs is 50% of a, a cow's intake potentially. And that would suggest to me that, that at that level that you're not going to have enough uh, fiber in the diet potentially to offset the, or to, to avoid any issues around that. So 9 kilos is a fairly hefty feeding rate. Now you can do it, um, but it is, it's a, it's, it needs to be managed and it definitely can't be fed in um, two feeds in morning and evening milking. So people have to look at other ways, either through diet feeders going in through silage or top dressing on feed outside, which you're going to need feed space in order to do that. So that's the, the end of the questions, I suppose, to summarize it. Um, I think people need to have a quick, oh, there's another question I have to come in, sorry. What feeding regime would you recommend transitioning to grass? I suppose you're probably looking at uh, when I, I look back at what I, we used to, to be told when we were um, when I started out as an advisor with Chagas, cows should be on six kilos plus good quality silage when indoors, and three to four kilos. I suppose three kilos works very well. Again, referring back to Mary McAvoy's study, they got very good production. There wasn't a huge amount of difference actually in production or performance or weight loss. 
uh, versus three kilos between three kilos and grass and six five to six kilos and grass. Um, so that would say that three kilos plus good quality grass is uh, quite adequate for feeding to cows and, and generating high production. But the I suppose the, that's in the best of grazing scenarios. I suppose in spite of all the rain that we've had, Moor Park have been in a position to graze fairly regularly. Ground conditions are quite good still, in spite of um, almost a possibly record uh, rainfall for the, the, the Cork area. Again, having looked at the Metair and data late last week and what we've gotten in the early part of this week. Um, so the three kilos at farm level, I'd probably say four kilos is probably uh, something that people are probably more comfortable with. Uh, the three kilos can often be a bit of a push. And as I said, I'm not going to fight with somebody over a, a kilo either way here at this stage of the year. Um, so I would say to, to answer your question in terms of transitioning back, if you're going to grass, I would be starting to drop off probably by a kilo a day or so like that to come back to four to five kilos if you're at grass full time, probably stay on the five kilos probably if you're in on silage. But it's going to depend on the quality of the silage, I suppose. Uh, depend on the grazing conditions as well maybe sometimes there can be a, an argument for maybe trying to to um look after the cow as much as you can or there is an argument there's no argument you always have to look after the cow as best as you can so if you're out grazing the day turns a bit poor cows don't look like they've done a good job they've walked a lot of the grass into the ground then you probably put in a bit of silage and maybe give them a little bit of extra concentrate that night but you don't you're trying to get that balance right this is where it is so tricky in the springtime and, and can be tricky again, obviously, in the autumn time. Only difference in the autumn is you have a more stable intake to deal with. And um, so in the in the springtime, you're dealing with fluctuation and in indications are in, in intakes. And as a result, uh, it can be tricky to get the balance right in terms of what you're feeding. So I think uh, you're, if you're on, on full-time grass, we've seen quite good performance on three, four, five kilos and as I said, I'm not going to fight with people over a couple of kilos at this stage of the year. Um, I think you probably can trick yourself into a false sense of security with the ration. I suppose an interesting figure that's out there is that for every kilo of ration that you feed over three to four kilos, it actually reduces grazing time by about 15 minutes. And for every kilo of silage that you feed over, um, uh, that you feed, it's going to impact on grazing time. Uh, by about half an hour so i suppose where the, the trying to get that balance right is the challenge in my head for for everybody that you are feeding and uh, something in the yard and you're losing out on what you have outside that is is in for all intents and purposes actually a better feed than what you're feeding in the yard in if the in, if the conditions are good enough um so trying to get the balance right so if cows it's a bit like what donald said i think if you get Cows that have cleaned out very well and they're almost after grazing their allocation in a very short space of time, you need to up the allocation of grass that they're getting then subsequently and see how do they do with that. So it's a bit of trial and error going on in it. And, and the feed, feed situation can be a little bit the same as well. So you maybe, I suppose, no different to building them up, you need to take them back slightly, but you have to factor in that you're feeding them a far superior quality product when they do get to grass, then either the ration or the, the silage that you're feeding inside and that you have to allow for that as well. So you'll all see it, please God, in the next couple of days, when you turn cows out, the tank will be fuller, without a doubt. There's greater energy. Cows will be happier, we'll all be happier, but you need to just 
ease back on the ration then to make sure that you still try to in, get your grazing residuals right as much as possible um, without compromising the cow. That's, I suppose, ultimately, it's trying to get that balance right. So we want to try and achieve John Maher's targets in relation to grazing, but we also want to keep that cow going on that rising plane of nutrition that I spoke about earlier on, because we need those cows to go back in calf because of our seasonal calving system. So body condition score, in summary, we don't really talk about it a lot at this stage of the year in normal course of events because we have a lot of other things going on, but it was a good opportunity to talk about it today. So look at, look at the herd as it currently stands, identify cows that maybe are under a little bit of pressure. I think they should go on once a day for the next uh, month or so possibly. That should, in many cases, correct a lot of their problems very quickly. As Sean McCardle said, I think it was, or maybe someone else, um, how long do you leave them on it? I think in these early, early cows, uh, they may not need to be on it as long as they would be if you delay doing this until much later in the, in the lactation because they won't have lost as much condition. So actually from a financial, uh, forego, what you're foregoing in terms of financial will possibly be less. Um, and they don't need to be on it as long then if, if it's done early because they'll have a greater time period. That period of um, calving to conception is greater for those earlier calvers. And then those later calvers, which we'll talk about again in another day, they will probably need to go on it for a longer period, all right? So uh, I suppose just that's, uh, that's oh, another question in, we'll quickly deal with it. Um, transitioning cows to grass solving problems encountered in the early stages of the grazing season. Yeah, I suppose it's a fair point. I suppose, um, I think I've talked to Joe about it uh, recently enough actually. So the, the question is, I suppose, uh, cows getting running into trouble when they start to go to grass. I suppose the idea that you're just going to open the gate tomorrow morning and let cows out onto a full-time grass diet without having had some bit of a, a transition phase, but I think might be a bit of a challenge for a cow. So I would say maybe ease them back in graze by day for a couple of days. A bit like feeding ration. You don't feed them slug, them, slug them in six kilos from the day they calve, start them on a lower plane and uh, start to rise them up then. So maybe something similar, graze by day for a couple of days, get them used to it. Hopefully conditions will allow them to go full-time if they do. They do, and if they don't, obviously continue with your good quality silage, and that should see the transition okay. Then the other thing that's critically important, uh, as Joe pointed out the, the last a couple of weeks ago, is that transition period in that four to five days after calving is very, very important to getting a cow to settle down, to get them back into the, into, into the zone, I suppose, of milk production, uh, and that they have every opportunity so that they have plenty of headspace in that Colostrum mob, as it's referred to in a lot of places, so that they can maximize their intake, which is going to be low in the first place, uh, and that they're not going to be put under pressure by other cows that have big intakes, bursting into the barrier, eating hot silages in front of them, and leaving the cow that's freshly calved, who is a little bit more sore and timid, maybe coming to the barrier with uh, a, a, re a significantly reduced intake further than what they would be if they had had good access to the feed. So I suppose. Look through the herd, identify the cows that maybe need to go on once a day, put them on once a day, um, sooner rather than later. So once a day, from, just to clarify, just in case there's any uh, confusion around it, they're still going through the parlor twice a day, they're still being fed twice a day, if they're being milked twice a day at the moment, um, and uh, just milk them once a day instead then. And uh, they, you should see an improvement in body condition in the next three to four weeks, and you can review it then at the start of April as to whether those cows need to continue on that uh, regime or whether they can actually go back to twice a day. So 
Um, we'll leave it at that. I suppose just to apologise to people in terms of the content for the month of February was a little bit uh, unknown, I suppose, to tuning in. And thanks for tuning in in such good numbers. Over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking to people in ICBF in relation to uh, bull selection. So maybe a little bit in the Gene Ireland programme I'm going to look at in the next couple of weeks. Dennis Howard from Munster Bovine is going to be talking to me as well in relation to the herd health programme that they're running and what trends and uh, re results they've seen over the last number of years of that programme. And then next week, uh, we're going to be talking to John Douglas um, in relation to grass targets now that the whole uh, situation has changed, probably given the month of February that we've had. So there's a, there'll be a bit more, I, I hope that gives you a bit more clarity in terms of what's coming up over the next couple of weeks. Um, we look forward to seeing you again and thanks for tuning in this morning and everybody take care in the meantime. That's all for this week's Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with our usual Dairy Edge interview on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and thanks for listening.